0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: This week on Buckets, Boys, and Blocks, we have a new president, a new number one team in college hoops, and a possible new ownership for the WNBA's Atlanta Dream. All that and a new Big Three in Brooklyn. What? We'll get to all of it, but first, Darlene, <laughs> hit it.
2: Buckets, Boards and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Monica is a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a three in transition and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. King is a former three and D Baylor baller whose idea of a good time is locking down the other team's best scorer. Monica, King, let's do this. Welcome to a new edition of Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. I'm Monica McNutt, along with my co-host King McClure. Hi, King. Welcome back. How are you?
1: I'm doing fantastic on this today's Wednesday. Yeah, I'm doing fantastic on this Wednesday afternoon. Loving my life right now. How are you doing? <laughs> <I'm> so- <laughs>
2: weirdo i though also am loving my life because at the time we're recording this pod we are a couple hours removed from the inauguration ceremony at the capitol um there's still events going on today but i for one was smitten by amanda gorman the 22 year old poet laureate who delivered a powerful poem that speaks to our time in history and what we stand on the precipice of Obviously seeing Kamala Harris appointed as the president of the United States MVP, the mad MVP. By the way, the Golden State Warriors put out a super dope um, clip in support of her and called him, called her, excuse me, MVP, as in mad MVP. Um, and then, of course, Joe Biden, a man who is uh, revered and respected and uh, deep, deeply faithful and thoughtful. Just a changing of the guard, if nothing less. Um, so yeah, today was sort of emotional. Oh, and of course, my forever first lady. Did you see how good Michelle looked? Oh my God, I just love her.
1: <laughs> Look, I didn't even watch it because I was, I was hoping, I, I was playing basketball this morning. That's my fault. But no, I'm extremely ecstatic behind that. As you can see, or well, you really can't see because this is recorded through audio. I got the pink bear in the background. Shout out to my mama. AKA is the only way Kamala 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 I'm tripping Kamala I'm tripping. Kamala because I've been corrected so many times because they're like uh-uh you're gonna get that right and I'm like okay Kamala uh-huh. yeah.
2: Harris uh-huh Come on. Kamala
1: Harris shout out to her AKA is the only way my mom would love that and I got the Michelle Obama book right here
2: yes we love becoming
1: you know I uh gotta support black women Today's a powerful day, gotta love it.
2: Today's super, such a super dope day. All right, so we're gonna transition now to some basketball things. First segue though, that I love, speaking of AKAs, Aja Wilson, outstanding, AKA national champion from South Carolina, currently all-star WNBA player and center for the Los Angeles Aces, or excuse me, Las Vegas Aces, has a statue on her campus. University of South Carolina erected a gorgeous statue of Asia and she shared the pictures on Twitter this week. She had in a super fly white suit, all of her personality was on display. And I loved her caption uh, on one of her Twitter posts, on a campus that my grandmother could not walk, there's a statue of me, which just speaks to all that black folks have been through in this country and the full circle moment and the progress. And so that was super dope in women's basketball news. We've got some other women's basketball news to get to though too, King.
1: Wow. They made a statue for her. Like I think, think, of, think about like what type of person you got to be. If I had a statue after me, you couldn't tell me nothing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Please do not ever put a statue. <laughs> in me
1: before, you you couldn't tell be- me nothing because all I would do is send you a picture of my statue and be like, "Look at this."
2: <laughs> you would be absolutely insufferable. All right, staying in that vein though, Kelly Lawler will no longer. It looks that mm. she no longer have her hand in ownership of the Atlanta Dream Group. Obviously. Her team put her on blast in the wrong way and supported and raised awareness to her Democratic challenger, Reverend Raphael Warnock, who is now the Democratic senator of Georgia. She lost. There are five different groups involved with bidding for the team. Loffler will no longer be a part of it. It's about time.
1: It's about time. You know why she did this in the first place. Like, How are you going to own a... A, a primarily black team, primarily black organization, and say some of the things you say and stand for some of the things you stand for. That doesn't even make sense. Like your player is not gonna stand up and, and put you on blast. I'm glad she's out. She has no place in this business.
2: Agreed. 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 And I'm kind of like Stephen A. Smith, who says, you know, it's not how you're gonna say it. He's kind of like, I'm glad you said it. So now we can see where you stand. <laughs> and obviously, we got to see where she stand, stood. and the the league reacted
1: that's real like one thing we one thing we can say about our our former president at least we all, we at least we knew where that man stood at all times you know what i'm saying like sometimes people like to hide it and and, and discuss and basically disguise it in a sense but we knew where that man stood at all times so that's the only thing i can take away from that like okay well at least he was honest like at least we know not to mess with him
2: yeah i mean but I think the part that made that so especially appalling is you held the highest office in the land. And
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> but we're moving on. He's somewhere in Florida. Good riddance. Don't let the doorknob hit you where the good Lord splits you. All of those things. Deuces. We just moving on. Um, Other a couple of women's basketball news and notes. This past week, Stanford, number one ranked Stanford, lost to an unranked Colorado squad. Uh, I will say as an AP voter, it had my head swimming as I was trying to figure out my votes this week. There were lots of upsets, but this is what we love, parody in the women's game. Your Baylor Bears, King, are getting Texas Tech transfer Crystalline Carr, who was Big 12 freshman of the year two seasons ago. She's put up 18 points as a freshman, and she's bye.
1: Man, I don't care what level you are. I don't care where you playing at. 18 points a game as a freshman is hard to do. At 5-5, five, five, which is something else. Right? That, that's insane. That's crazy. I'm excited. I want to see her on the court this year. They need a point guard. That's, what, that's exactly what they need. They're missing a the point guard, in my opinion, because I think, uh, what's my girl's name? Um forgot the starting point guard that they have, Jordan Oliver. I don't know if she's really a true one. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know if Didi's really a they put out the one, but I don't know if she's a, not
2: true not a true one. Yeah,
1: they they try to run like one, kind of like a Ben Simmons type type deal, but mm, nah, they need a two-point guard. I think this is huge.
2: Yeah. Um, We don't know what's going to happen with the transfer situation and eligibility. We have seen in women's hoops, I know Boston College has done it, Notre Dame just announced they're doing it, UConn has done it, where they have what would have been freshmen starting next season coming to school early, they're eligible, they get this year back anyway. And so they're actually on the court and contributing, which I don't know if that same logic applies to a transfer because she did play for Texas Tech this year. Okay, and this is where we're gonna do our segue into both sides, women's basketball, men's basketball, particularly college first, but then we will address this on the NBA side as well. A couple more women's programs have announced since the last time we recorded a pod that they are calling their seasons. Duke did it. Back in December, I want to say, before we got
1: to the new yeah, year.
2: Yeah, in December. Um, Virginia announced recently SMU and Vanderbilt is the most recent to cancel their season because of the challenges of COVID. There's just a lot here, King. And my dad and I were actually talking about this earlier. So the base level question is: do we expect to see more of this?
1: Mm. Um, I mean, at this point, like I <laughs> I, I, I really I really don't know um, because I think like me personally I do a lot of big 12 games and I'm seeing teams like TCU they haven't played a game in three weeks because of COVID so I, in a sense you're missing what that's like two games a week um, so that's six games you have to make up in the back end that's basically in a, in a sense it might consider six losses maybe don't know how they're going to look at it how the tournament committee is going to look at it um, but like Iowa I State, same thing, like West Virginia, like these schools are, are not playing due to COVID and, and I, I don't know. I think it's starting to get out of control. I think it's starting to get a little, get a little too much, get a little too hard. Um, I mean, to be honest, they might just want to, me personally, I don't know if anybody else agrees with this. You might want to play one round of, of a conference and have an early NCAA tournament just to try to. Segway teams in there and just still, because they got to have a tournament. So I think that might be one, one, one way to look at it: um, have an early tournament or cancel conference tournaments and uh, play all those games that they missed. Like, TCU missed six games. We'll get those six games on the back end and just uh, cancel the conference tournament. But then that presents another challenge, Monica.
2: Yeah. So you're big 12. I am obviously ACC with ACC network and then keeping an eye on biggies because I do some biggie stuff with Fox. And I actually was supposed to call a game last week, literally had our meetings with the coaches, built up my board, ready. Got an email, then a phone call at 2.30. Game was supposed to tip at 8.30. Game's canceled due to COVID issues at Georgetown. I, uh, I have said that we'll see this from two types of programs, programs that are struggling to win anyway, or programs that have enough cachet, like a Duke, that will be back once we get things under control. Mm-hmm. I think the later we get into the season and teams continue to have issues, the more likely we are to start seeing this on the men's side. But my dad made this great point uh, while we were talking about it. He said there's not been a men's team to pull out just yet outside of the Ivy who never played. Do you know any men's teams that have canceled?
0: Uh,
1: wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. You know who always tweets this? John Rothstein.
2: John Rothstein is on top of this. We should get him on the pod.
1: John Rothstein always tweets this, and he had this tweet of the teams that were out. And, uh, oh, yeah, Bethune-Cookman is out. Chicago State is out. And UMES, UMES is out.
2: University of Maryland Eastern Shore. Okay, so those are small D1 programs. I guess of the Power Five should probably be the question. Power Five and significant mid-majors. I don't think that we've had any.
1: Um, No, I don't don't think we've had any Power Fives or mid-majors.
2: I do know that the A-10 decided to move their conference tournament from Brooklyn, and they're going to hold it on a campus of one of their member schools. Don't know which one yet. Mm -hmm. Um, On the women's side, we mentioned some of the names already. But... I don't know king i just the ncaa announced its schedule for the men's tournament this week selection sunday being march 14th the first four being march 18th first round march 19th through the 20th so on and so forth with the final four being scheduled for april 3rd and the 5th at lucas oil stadium in indianapolis so it seems like they have this schedule set but that to me doesn't account for what you just said if a team misses two weeks and needs to make up games then to me, we're starting to have conversations about seedings. Is it solely going to be based on conference standings? Yeah. For example, in the Big East right now, Villanova is the top seed, but I'm pretty sure they played only four games, including the win that they got yesterday over Seton Hall.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that's four kinda,
2: games, I should say.
1: Like we kind of saw it in college football, like with, with uh, Ohio State. Like they came in a game 7-0. and Only playing seven games on a season. Like Granted, they didn't lose, but only seven games on a season. is as opposed to the, their opponents playing like 14, uh, 13, 14 games. So it's just like, it, is it really fair? I mean, because in, in those games, like let's say Ohio State plays a full season, you don't know what would have happened. You don't know if they made it. might've lost two, three. It might've dropped like four. You really don't know. Or they could have went undefeated. But I just feel like it's not really like a level playing field. So I'm very interested to see how the NCAA will handle, like the selection committee will handle Um, you know, these dropped games, like, are you going to count those as losses? Um, do I need to get it back in order to, to, to really, you know, help? But another thing is like non-conference. Like when you look at like Baylor, for instance, they, they had like four of their non-conference games taken away from them. So like, let's say Baylor loses three, four games in conference, like to like Texas or Kansas or whatever, um, because they don't get those big wins, non-conference play those big games and then get those wins that can potentially drop them to like a two or three seed. Yeah. So that that might end up hurting in the long run. But I mean, I'm interested to see how they're going to do it. Good thing I'm not on that board.
2: I know, that's right. The women switched to the net this year. The men have been using the net system for two years now, I think.
1: Yeah, I think two years, yeah.
2: So I guess what it sounds like, if we try to figure out the NCAA mathematics that would be involved, if they go by the net, stronger conferences are going to be rewarded. You could argue the Big Ten will have,
0: yeah.
2: will have, however deep you think the Big Ten should go, 10, 12 teams in because they'll be rewarded by the net value of those those wins or losses, but they're structured into their conference schedule.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, big conferences win because, cause like you said, like, because those wins are considered as like quad one, quad two wins. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you don't have the non conference schedule, like some of these big schools, that could be an extra quad one win. Like extra like three quad one ran, wins. And I, that that ultimately might hurt you in the in, in long run and give you like a lower seed because you didn't get those big wins non-conference. Because non-conference is sometimes bigger than conference for a lot of people.
2: Yeah, depending on how strong your conference is for sure. Yeah. Well, we are certainly going to wait and see this whole thing play out. Shout out to all of the student-athletes, coaches, support staff that are making it happen. It is quite a beast to navigate and historic to say the least. Um, all right, so more men's action, specifically your home state of Texas. Texas teams yeah. are dominating the men's rankings. Baylor's at number two. Texas is number five. Houston is eight. Texas Tech is 12. Oh, by the way, I shared your Texas Tech story last week on the pod. <laughs> um, and all right. So what's happening in Texas? Is it the water? What's going on?
1: Look, all I know is I can't speak for them other schools. I can just speak for the one that I went to. Shout out to them Baylor Bears handling business. First off. I don't think you've seen it. We I don't think we've seen this in a minute. But they went to Texas Tech, which is not an easy place to play. Beat Tech at their place. Come on a Friday. No, on a Saturday. Come back on that Monday to play at home against Kansas and dominate Kansas. Those Bears are, are special. And um I'm I'm not gonna say I think they're the best team in the country because I'm biased and I'm always rocking with my rocking with my guys. Mm-hmm. But Gonzaga is. It uh, might have some otherwise to say about that. The,
2: the Baylor Bears have something to say about Gonzaga. You mean?
1: No, 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 man. Gonzaga might have something to say about Baylor being the best team in the country. Oh, 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 oh.
2: okay, got it. Well, I've seen a little bit of both teams. Jared Butler, shout out to Jared, our friend on the podcast, my oh. friend
1: from you. <laughs>
2: oh. He um.
1: Different. He's what? He's different. He's yeah, different. he's
2: having a great season. I was going to say that.
1: He yep. is amazing. Might might be don't at me. Might be better than Jalen Suggs. Not so, a better not a better NBA player because Jalen Suggs would be maybe maybe a better NBA player. Maybe who knows? Why but,
2: why are you why are you separating them that way?
1: Um, well, if you look at the draft boards well, and the mock the mock draft. Oh, you're just saying based on the draft status. Based, okay. ba- yeah, based, based on the draft status. Got it. Based, based on the draft status and the projections, but. Jared Butler, is, I think, is the better player right now.
2: Listen, I will say that Jared gives me shades of one of my favorite and I think underrated point guards in the league and Malcolm Brogdon. So, just shades. Just shades.
1: Uh, Monica? <laughs> hey, Jared Butler don't lock up like Malcolm Brogdon.
2: Okay, I'm talking about offensively.
1: I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't think Malcolm scores as well as Jared. Like I. I
2: but until, okay. So my thought is decision making, basketball IQ. I would say Jared probably does score better than Malcolm. But I think I think that Malcolm's a great point guard.
1: I love I him. Think, I think I think Malcolm Brogdon is is great. He's he's an asset to any team he's on. I just think Jared Butler is. I think that's the biggest knock on his game is like how, how he makes decisions. I don't think he's a cheap. Well, I don't think he's a true point guard. Does mm-hmm. he have capabilities? Yeah, I think he can, like, eventually switch over. I think he's just a two-guarder score. Like, he's an elite bucket getter. Like, if you watch the Kansas game, that was all ISO buckets. Like, you can't guard me, and I promise you I'm going to kill you. Like, that was all one-on-one, mano-a-mano, you're not guarding me. I don't care who you are. Buckets. It wasn't, like, pick and roll or nothing like that. It was just mano-a-mano. Me versus you, stop me. Okay. No Fair enough. I should watch more, Jared.
2: back in <laughs> Of I can't remember what game I was watching the other day. And I was like, "Oh, this is nice. He seems like a strong point guard candidate." <laughs> nice. Um. Okay, so we're keeping an eye on that. You know, Baylor. Speaking of King, and I know you're close with Coach Drew and all those guys. They had a pause.
1: Coach yeah. Drew,
2: sick. Have they been? Knock on wood. They have not had a second one.
1: No, they haven't had a second pause. They they've been uh they've been real good uh trying to stay on top of it and and thank God because. COVID is hard, especially with everybody night conference. I was supposed to do a Baylor West Virginia game on radio. And uh that game got canceled same day. And uh West Virginia apparently one of their players had COVID. So they they they've been hit by it as far as the teams they play, but they haven't been affected like in within the program.
2: Um okay, well that's good. We're hoping that all these teams keep it together. All right, so we're going up a level now to the nba and here in dc the poor portable washington wizards lord they on a whole team pause because they've got positive tests this week tuesday i had a report that there was a staff member that tested positive initially it had been just players now you could argue that the league failed the wizards in particular because they played boston and philly i feel like in the same stretch and seth curry had to get pulled with a positive test, and Jason Tatum and the Bradley Bill exchange post-game, have Bradley Bill out, wah, wah, wah. The NBA is trying to soldier on, though.
1: Mm. I mean, I'm going to let Bruce take this from but all, all I got to say is I, I think we got to get to a bubble. I mean, I, I think it's starting to get a little chaotic. It's going to be very hard to, like, play a whole season. A whole, uh, it's not, it's not 82. What is it, 72 this year? 72. Less than yeah. 72 now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be hard to play a whole 72. Um, Might only get like 60, maybe. So I don't know. I think they need to go to a bubble. I don't know what you guys think, but I think that's the easiest, safest way.
0: From what I understand, um, the league knew they were going to have this happen, which is why they only released the first half of the season and then they were leaving some wiggle room for what happens next. From, From what I've heard, the league is really sort of hoping they can kind of get through without a whole lot more cancellations and, of course, good health for the players. And then hopefully at some point when people start to become, you know, when more people start getting their vaccinations. And again, the NBA players are not going to be cutting the line. They already said that. But when our society starts to develop a little bit more of the herd mentality, uh, herd mentality, herd immunity, <laughs> Uh, I know, right? Brody and slip. Uh, They're kind of hoping that they can hang on, hang on, hang on. And then as society gets a little bit healthier, they'll be able to complete the season in some meaningful way. We're a ways away from that though, aren't we, Monica?
2: It would seem that way. I don't know if I support bubble. I think I support a pause before I support bubble, but the NBA has said the same things that college coaches contended that being together as a unit getting tested provides more security than just letting these guys be because at least you've got health care it's being monitored mm-hmm. it's 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 odd i i do know that adam silver originally said that nba players would not jump the line in terms of vaccines and there are now the reports that nba players may partner i don't know if partners pro- the proper word there but if they get vaccines, it would serve as a PSA, similar to what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did to encourage the average folks, particularly black Americans, that the vaccine is safe. Mm. I, mm, I, I don't know, my dad got his. I am not in a rush to get mine, but I at some point probably will get it. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know,
0: I don't know. I mean, a lot, a lot of, you know, the reluctance from what I read, again, you know, obviously, I I don't know this firsthand, but, you know, during the history of this country, a lot of people in the African American community were supposedly given treatments, right, or lied to about treatments that they were getting, that ended up killing them, making them very sick, ruining their lives. So there's going to be some sort of, you know, historical reluctance in, in in many members of the African American community to take the vaccine cuz you know look i mean those those kind of things that happen in history you know it's it's for for younger people like yourselves maybe not as fresh in their minds but if you're in your 60s or even 70s you remember that stuff mhm
1: yeah no most definitely I, I i think with me personally i just i just want to see how it really goes i mean I mean, you always hear those crazy rumors and the crazy stories about you know people um, having like spinal problems and people just like just stupid things. I mean. so yeah, like, like the first, the first, the first uh, uh, dose, you know, it goes bad. But I, I just want to see how it plays out. I want to see like how this first wave goes by. See if everybody's good with it. See if everybody that got it is is solid. Is their, their mind is still functioning correctly. Uh, and then <laughs> and then, <laughs> then go from there and then I'll probably end up getting it. So who knows?
2: Yeah, I'm sort of with you. I one, I'm of a healthy age and not like at most at risk population. So I don't wanna be selfish and try to run the line, rush the line. Two, I'm with you. Let's I'm just gonna wait and see. And I also am of the mindset that you boost your immune system with you know the food you eat, the vitamins you take, how mindful you are. Versus just trying to shoot yourself up with medication. I have not gotten a flu shot since college, Boop, and haven't had flu.
0: You know, I'm down here in Florida for the month of January, and um, when I came down here, I, I got tested like the second day I was down here because I got a, a mother-in-law who's you know in her 80s, and we didn't want to be you know spend any time with her if we had you know any any uh, disease. We, my wife and I, both tested negative, thank goodness. Um, but it, it's interesting because when before I came down here, I was thinking people in Florida, you know, they seem pretty crazy, right? I mean, you know, a lot of people you no know, masks and gathering together and whatever. And I, what I've observed is a little bit different than that. I mean, yes, The restaurants are pretty full, although they've done their best to try and space the tables out a little bit more. But I haven't eaten a single indoor meal in a restaurant down here. The places that we've gone, we're only eating outside. If we can't get an outside table, we're not going. But I have noticed that most of the people, in fact, almost all of them, are wearing masks. They seem to be doing the right thing. And the numbers, I guess, are finally starting to inch down a little bit here. So maybe between it's an older population down here and a lot of them are getting vaccinated. And, and so that's going to help. So I think for, for, for those of us who haven't been vaccinated and are not going to be like at the front of the line to get vaccinated, it's good for us to really pay attention to the numbers and say, Hey, you know, is the herd immunity starting to kick in as more people get vaccinated or the numbers going down. And that really is, you know, cause, 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 People like ourselves we just got to keep doing what we've been doing you know stay away from people in public wear our masks wash our hands do everything we ask people to do at the end of every show and but for NBA players you know some of some arenas are allowing fans in which to me is kind of crazy the Miami Heat are going to be allowing fans in some fans on January 28th so um, and I think you know some of the other arenas are letting them in so to me, if I'm an NBA player, I'm just like, I'm putting myself in bubble wrap, except when I'm in practice or when I'm. But well, I mean, game.
1: but that's the problem. You know, these, you know, you know dudes aren't going to do that. I, I, you know that these guys are not going to put themselves in bubble wrap and they're going to still live their, their lives. Like, okay, George, you know. we, it's the truth. We saw with James Harden, like, not trying to call James Harden out, but like, yo, he, he want to go to the club. He wants to go to a little baby's birthday party. I mean, look. Yeah, you got to sacrifice, but think about it. Like, I would give an, give an example, but I feel like that example is just a little out there. <laughs> it's a little out there, ears. huh? what do you say?
2: We're all ears.
1: Yeah. Oh, like telling people like, well, like wear condoms because it's going to protect you from doing this. But like, you don't, you don't.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> but wait, you, wait, condoms help keep you protected from COVID? Who right. the heck knew? <laughs> no, I mean, keeps, Oh, man. it keeps you from like babies and,
1: and like STDs and everything. But people out here don't care. You know what I'm saying? So like they still going to do, they still going to take that risk because it's what they want to do. So same thing as COVID. Like you tell these dudes, hey, don't do this because it's a major risk. Are they really going to do it
0: or not? So... Uh-huh. <laughs> Monica's giving you the look like the skeptical big sister look like.
2: (laughs) Please make sure that that's the quick hitter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I was not expecting you to go there. Like I was thinking so many other wild examples, but I was like, huh?
0: (laughs) But it makes sense though, when you think about It
2: it. It does make sense. I'll give you that.
0: And that's why this is a fun podcast, because you just never know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my
2: goodness. All right. So what an example. that! Wow. Okay. So we're going to have to wait and see. I do. I, I agree with you, King, in terms of guys being asked to make sacrifices. But I think in many ways, we're all making sacrifices to be able to do our jobs and maintain our livelihoods. So if prayerfully, hopefully, we're asking you to... Operating a very tight ship for the next three, hopefully that six months. Uh, I I would like to believe that it's a sacrifice that guys with lots of money and resources could make. That's all I'm saying.
1: Hopefully. Uh, I hope so. Because I want to see the playoffs. I want to see the Brooklyn Nets go to the finals and win win the championship. Oh, wow. We're
2: going to get to that in a second. They need to see the playoffs. (laughs) They need to see the season get through because now you're talking about their money as well like they already were asked to take slight pay and put money in escrow and so on and so forth so all right you teed it up let's get to it Brooklyn Nets finals already you're you're in
1: Bruce gave me that look like I know he didn't just say that (laughs) (laughs) hey listen
0: I, I I thought the Nets were a worthy uh contender to go to the finals before they got James Harden so you know that's adding some pretty significant talent there right No, the the Nets are good. And I
1: think, like, they'll figure it out. I mean, a lot of people say, like, is there enough basketballs to go around for Kyrie James and Kevin Durant? Like, Kevin Durant, he's played with great players before. He doesn't need the basketball like that. Kyrie's played with LeBron. LeBron takes the ball a lot. He has the ball a lot in his hands, and he learned how to play off the ball. So James Harden, a lot of people don't realize, like, when he gets triple doubles, like, he gets, like, what, 12, 13 assists? James Harden can pass. I think these dudes are pros and they'll figure it out. And Steve Nash is a great coach. So I I think they'll figure it out.
0: My concern about them, well, I have a few concerns about them. Talent is not the concern. The concern is chemistry, right? I mean, because in James's first two games with KD, I mean, you couldn't have asked for better work out of those guys, right? I mean, two wins, I mean, KD gets forty-two, and 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 Harden has a triple-double, whatever. Okay, is three going to be a crowd, Monica? I mean, uh, I mean, they only needed one basketball when it was just two of those guys. So what's going on? I mean, I know that's cliche, but what what what's your take on it?
2: I'm a king. They want to win. They're desperate. They came together for a reason. I think. Too, personally, I think too much is being made out of this. Yeah. Honestly, like. I can't, um, this is, if this is the thought process, then the Olympic teams should never work.
0: Yeah, but the Olympic teams play less talent than the average NBA team as opponents, right? Except for a few countries.
2: Uh, maybe, and but but the idea that you can't have superstar caliber power together, to me, I just, I think it's been, personally, I think it's been overblown. I'm not saying that this team won't have things that they need to work through.
0: But so does every team. I can't wait to watch the three of them play together because I really just want to see how how they work it. you got three Hall of Fame players there, really. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, KD's already in. If he retired tomorrow, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Harden, same deal.
2: Yeah, and I I think I agree with King. Statistically, if you bear it out, James Harden probably is the better passer between um, James and Kyrie. But what, what I think people are not crediting or are discounting in this whole situation is none of them have won a title on their own. Mm-hmm. And the closest to that would be KD, but I mean, then you remember that he went and joined a Warriors team. Now, yeah. just by his sheer talent, you could argue tooth and nail about the talent hierarchy, but he did go and join that team. And so, yeah. Harry did it with LeBron, and James has never sniffed it. So in terms of y'all need to figure this out, and now is the time, like, I think they get that. And this idea that they're going to have temper tantrums and not know who to throw the ball when they are elite athletes who want to win, I just think is overblown.
1: I mean, I guess another aspect you got to really look at is, like, at the end of the game, we all know who's going to get the shot. It's KD. KD. You got to give it to him. Like, it, that, that's the respect fact. Like, the other night, end of the game, KD took the winning shot. James Harden threw it to him. They, I feel like they have that respect. I mean, Kyrie. But here, here's the other thing: like at the end of the game, like you got three dudes who can get the bucket. Like you, you really don't know. Like yes, KD in in terms of hierarchy, yes. But you got three dudes on that team that can ice a game in the game at any moment. Agree. Do anything about it. like they they're literally unguardable.
2: So play basketball. That's my thing. Like we're, yeah. they're gonna play basketball. Like.
1: They're gonna hoop, they're gonna play bad, they're gonna figure it out. But like, I just feel like they're they're that talented. And like like Monica said, it's almost that time. Like if you don't win, your career will be you know, I think Harden might go down into that category with the mellow category that greatest players to never win. And he's getting close. So
0: um it's about that time, Harden. What about what about the other end of the court though? I mean, do they you know they they gave up some pretty good you know, talent, especially, you know, I, I was a big Jared Allen fan. I really liked that guy. He would he would be uh, somebody that would be, you know, a rim protector, you know, rim runner, rebounder, whatever. Now you're relying on DeAndre Jordan and I don't even know who their backup center is now. I mean, DeAndre's a good player. I mean, is that going to be enough? I mean, what happens if he gets in foul trouble in the playoffs? I don't know. I mean, I'm being a little bit of a devil's advocate. I admit it. I, I, I'll plead guilty to that. But you can't win championships unless you're a really good defensive team, no matter how many points you score. So here's my, here's,
1: here's my, my argument with that. I think um, with Kevin Durant being 6'11", almost seven foot, I think that just changed like, – like, like that basically like just changes the whole game for them because I think when DeAndre Jordan goes to the bench, even Steve Nash talked about this early on. He said, I, I might play KD at the five. And KD at the five, he's 6'11", so he can go out of five. But then when you look at how the game is being played with the pick and roll, well, you just switch that. So there's no – there's no, either. it takes away all your pick and roll. You switch that. And with the game primarily being, you know, a three-point basketball game, if you're trying to take advantage of, you know, maybe Kyrie on a big, I'm living with you trying to score all them points down low. As long as you, you're not going to score on Kevin Durant, though. You're not going to ISO Kevin Durant and score on Kevin Durant. So I think that kind of like – changes the game almost in a sense, they can kind of play positionless basketball, one through five with KD's at the five. I think that makes them even more dangerous because once you get that stop, then they gotta go to the offensive end. And when they're on the offensive end, I promise you, no team is guarding. In that team with Kevin Ray at the five, there's no five in the NBA that's gonna guard that.
2: Um, I think that's a great point. And I also think like, yes, basketball is a simple game, but I, I just feel like these arguments that they're going to work, one, are oversimplified and that they can't, they flat out can't defend is also oversimplified. And even if they can't defend, you're still going to have to match them in scoring. So it's just going to be high scoring <laughs>
1: affairs. They, they're going to score. <laughs> hey, <like. laughs>
2: it's going to be 140
1: to 142. Like, it is. <laughs> the,
2: over, the, the over on every game is 310. Like, And that's okay. Like,
1: just <laughs> <up> and <laughs> Most definitely.
2: But, but, I will say the other night, DeAndre Jordan, uh, my boy, Jeff Green, who owes us a pod guest. Oh, hell
0: yeah. Oh, wait a second. Absolutely.
1: They got, they got Jeff Green on the court. That's another five they can play and yeah, put him yeah. at the five and he can switch one through five as well.
2: I be feeling bad for Jeff because he definitely was defending Giannis the other night and I was like, mm, okay, well, you go Jeff. <laughs> well, he be working. Um, I think they've got, it's, listen, like we just got to watch. I'm not saying, yeah. I'm not ready to say that they're necessarily going to win the title this year, but I expect them to come out the East.
1: Most definitely. I, I 110% expect them to come out the East. I, I personally, I'm, if I had to, I, I'm gonna take them to win the title. Cause I just don't think that any other team- Lakers?
2: Pass. Over the Lakers?
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> y'all yeah, see that video of, uh what's my guy's Phillips? name? Uh, yeah. Uh,
2: I'm 36. I'm 36. Yeah, that's hilarious.
1: Shout out to him. He's actually from Waco. Waco Texas. Oh, is he? Uh-huh. Supreme Dreams. That's it. He said, I'm I'm 36. Like, like, but that's real. I I I don't think LeBron at 36 is gonna be able to beat this super team. He's beat enough, but I don't think he he can he can beat this one.
0: If he I... does, if he does, okay, if, if, if LeBron, if LeBron and, and his yes. cast, if he does, are we gonna say he's the GOAT? Yes.
1: Now I, I hate to say this, I hate to admit it. Yes, he has to be. If he beats Kyrie. Kevin Durant and James Harden, you're automatically solidified as the goal. After you beat the super team with uh Clay, Steph. Was yeah. KD on the
0: team too? Katie was not there yet.
2: No, I don't think so. That was the year before KD came, But because yeah. that's when they were when they had won, what, 70 something games?
0: Yeah. games? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: yeah. That was,
0: yeah.
2: He ended the streak. Uh I agree with you, definitely would make LeBron the go, And I think it's not even so much just about LeBron, it's about that entire roster that, like that, if it comes down to Brooklyn Lakers, then I think defense does become a conversation because the Lakers to me can score and they will be able to defend. Defend with an asterisk, defend doesn't as make it a little bit more challenging, but you are really not gonna just damper this firepower that Brooklyn has. But I think that they, like that, I, ah, that's the, that probably is the only time that I would lean on continuity and being together a little bit longer. Although this Lakers squad is not the same squad that won the championship last year and probably trends toward the Lakers.
0: You know who would love a Lakers-Nets final is everybody in the NBA office, everybody at ABC ESPN, because you're talking TV market number one versus TV market number two. Ka-ching.
1: Ka-ching. Money,
0: money, money. What Cardi B say Monica.
1: It's all about the money. Oh, cool.
2: She says lots of things. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey,
0: I saw I saw your pal Renee Montgomery doing Fox Sports Atlanta uh, on MLK Day. She looked good. She was really good. She was sitting on the desk with Jerome Jarinovich and Mike Stinger Glenn. She was yeah, terrific.
2: She's a Hawks analyst. That wasn't an MLK thing. Yeah.
0: Good. Well, I knew it wasn't. I knew she was. I didn't. I hadn't seen her yet i guess i should say because you know i had the league pass on she was terrific
2: yeah she's great renee's super cool
0: yeah
1: i just got an alert it says nba is moving team security to midcourt area to dissuade violations including hugging handshakes
0: per memo obtained by espn no play dates after the game <laughs> get, get, get to get to locker room get a shower get out
1: Man, so you mean to tell me I played 48 minutes against dude all in my jersey, breathing down my neck, but I can't dap up my boy after the game? Hmm. Nope.
0: Cannot. <laughs> yeah. That's... Hey, you know what? Before we, before we say goodbye, we should talk a little bit about Karis Lavert and how by getting traded, he had that physical. They found the mass on his kidney. Might have saved this guy's life getting traded. He wasn't having any symptoms. He's he's really, really I mean, you've seen some of the comments from him. He is so grateful that he had that physical. I mean, King, that's a topic near and dear to your heart, isn't it?
1: Yeah, no, nah, yeah, for sure. You would have never known had I went to any other school. I never known about my heart disease. So no, nah, that's we could we can talk about that for sure.
0: Just like, you know, wishing Karis the best of health. I I'm a I like Michigan. My son went there and I work with some people from there that I love. Uh, I'm so, I'm such a fan of Karis LeVert and I just hoping that he gets his health together and good luck to that man. He's good. I think he's going to be great.
1: Once he gets it all squared away? Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be great once he comes back.
2: I actually, I mean, obviously we got the Brooklyn Nets, but I actually thought Indiana made out really well with that trade because I like Karis a lot.
1: But oh, Vic Vic is Vic is good too. Yeah, but like, Vic
2: don't want to be there.
1: You don't want to be in Houston? He no, in there.
0: Indiana.
2: Oh. oh, yeah, but there's like I just think in terms of a team that I'm I trust over the next three seasons to to grow, like Indiana is that group. Like
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, for, sure. for sure. Right.
2: Two years Brooklyn cannot be this super team anymore. We hope that John is healthy and that Boogie is on his Renaissance tour and Vic and all of them work out, but like that could look completely different next year. So yeah. Of all the moving pieces, that's the group that I'm like, oh, in three years, Karis will be putting up buckets for them for sure. For sure,
1: I agree. I agree. Yeah. Let's, go. Let's talk about Karis Wishing him the best.
0: Go blue. Go blue. Oh, wow, Can you say that? That's what they say in Ann Arbor. Go blue.
2: That was dope. Oh! Time to wrap things up. Thanks to our producer and guest this week, Bruce Bernstein. I mean, technically Bruce is just part of the squad, but anyways, thanks to Bruce as always, our terrific editor, Tom Phillip. Please check out our other Pure Hoops Media shows. This week, Mike Wise has Amin Hassan, the former ESPN front office insider who is joining the new Dan Levitard operation. Forecourt with Fisher and Kay has Colorado women's head coach J.R. Payne, who talks about their big win over Stanford. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto and Aaron has Alex Schiffer of The Athletic discussing the new Brooklyn Nets. BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman have the Pure Hoops podcast on Friday and I'm back with King next Thursday with Buckets, Boards and Blocks. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing.
1: We say it all the time, but we mean it. COVID-19 is no, capital N-O, joke. Please do all that you can to protect yourself, which includes wearing your mask, um washing your hands, social distancing, and just being smart, being a decent human please, 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 please. Let's wish President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris good luck and good health, and let's just really pray for them as they take over the leadership of our country because. They'll need that, and we hope to see the in the next four years a major shift or major change as far as culture and just the whole way to live in America. I just pray that it will be better because we finally got people who should not be named out of the office. Thank God. So until next week, Monica, please do the...
2: safely, enjoy your hoops!
1: Buckets, Boards &
2: Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.